and welcome to the Mirror Disciple podcast. It has been a while. I have been reeling from this whole COVID pan- unfolding pandemic and battling what turned out to be a pretty bad abscess in my throat. So I was hoping to do an episode last week, didn't come together, finally on some antibiotics. And really fortunately, uh, one of my colleagues, uh, Jason Ashley from Balfour Covenant Church, reached out and said, hey, why don't we do like a podcast thing together? And I thought, yeah, that'd be great. So we just began sort of tossing ideas back and forth related to what we wanted to cover. And I think we actually have enough for maybe a few interviews, but today I'm joined by Jason. Jason, do you want to say hi? Hey, everybody. And we're just going to be exploring how to respond overall as disciples of Jesus to a context that is really changed so much for all of us so rapidly. And we're all trying to kind of orient ourselves to the new reality and figure out how to use this time wisely and fruitfully. Uh, So Jason, maybe just a brief introduction. I know a lot of people are going to know who you are, but there might be people who are listening who don't maybe know your relationship as it connects with myself and our churches. Do you just want to do a brief intro? Sure. Yeah. So uh, my name is Jason and uh, I've been a pastor at the Balfour Covenant Church, this uh, small faithful community in Balfour, BC. And we are a part of one church with three sites. And so Jeff and I have been uh, working together, pastoring together in this community uh, for five five years now. Yeah. Yeah. For five years now. So, you know, we meet uh, pretty regularly. So Jeff and I are good friends. Um, And, you know, just working through this uh, last couple of weeks of, just seems like every day the plan that I'd set for the the next few weeks gets just trash canned and, yeah. and then we're looking on that like, okay, so tomorrow, what do we need to do? So um, yeah, it, um, yeah, I think maybe we'll just start there. Yeah. It's weird. It's been, sometimes I'll, if, if you're in a busy season pastorally, it can feel like you're laying track ahead of the train. And when you were talking, I just kind of realized this has been different in the sense that it feels like you're putting track in front of the train. And then every day or two, you realize, Oh, I need to build a new track. Like this actually isn't going to work. So it's kind of this double layer of mental and emotional and relational fatigue while trying to hold other people's head spaces and heart spaces who are going through this, right? Whether it's, Oh, things are kind of normal. I'm just working at home for a bit all the way to I've lost my job and I have tremendous economic uncertainty i don't really see how this is going to play out in any way that's beneficial mm-hmm. so yeah it's been uh, quite challenging uh, to uh, l- learn on the fly how to uh, deal and adapt with all those realities from a pastoral perspective yeah um jason one of the questions that i think we thought will kind of eat up most of our time today is a really really practical one and that is when we have our normal schedules our normal rhythms we can kind of anticipate what Mondays look like, what the week looks like, what the month looks like. Hopefully we all have some kind of a helpful discipleship rhythm where we are engaging our faith, where we're taking on practices of growth. But what do we do when all of that gets upset and we now feel like we're in no man's land? Um, What advice are you giving to people around you regarding how we continue to use this time fruitfully to grow and to nurture our faith as Christians. Because I think for a lot of people, once you upset those established rhythms, uh, it it just feels like uh, chaos. And it's really hard to know where to begin, in one sense, putting things back together, especially when you don't know how long this is going to last. Do you treat this like a vacation where you just kind of hit the pause button on discipleship and say, well, I'll just let the dust settle. What are things that you're recommending to people to focus on right now? You know, Jeff, as you were talking, I was, you know, uh, I'll get into this a minute about how I think this time of of social distancing is, is changing. um, Obviously changing a lot of the normal things we do and then giving us some new opportunities in ways to uh, emphasize a shift from um, Sunday morning church, orientation of our faith to a daily pietism um, that uh, different expressions of the church through the centuries. And I would say even some parts of the persecuted church where they do this more regularly because they aren't able to meet on Sunday mornings. And so they have this daily practice, these daily 
um, connection with God, with Jesus, uh, that sustains them when they aren't able to meet on Sundays. And I was thinking just as you were talking to that, you know, like my first assumption was for us is talking, you know, with our church, uh, with our church family and encouraging them. But also I was thinking some a little bit about there's, I'm suspecting there might be some people from our community too, who are interested in Jesus right now, who are thinking like, God, like, what is this all about? And so some of you might even be new believers or, or non-believers yet. Like you're just questioning, you're wondering, like, how do I get to know God? Because, you know. Uh, a few weeks ago, I just would have gone to a church service and tried that. And mm. without this now, like, how do I connect and what do I do? So yeah, that's a good point. Um, <clears throat> I said, maybe I'll just start there. Like if you are experiencing or, or even exploring, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, exploring faith, you know, one thing that, you know, Jeff, I don't know if you're experiencing this um, yourself, but uh, if you are interested in faith, I would encourage you to contact Jeff or you're welcome to contact me too. Um, to email me, Jeff, I don't know if you're able to put that in the, in the notes for the show. Um, it's just, yeah, I can, at, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to, or, um, even to, um, text me or email me, that'd be a great way because I don't know if people maybe think that, um, um, like we're really busy or we're taking the, the time off, you know, like if, mm. uh, you know, some people think like, Oh, if you're not preaching, then I guess like, what do you do? You know, like <laughs> yeah. there's, there's tons <laughs> that we're doing right now trying to, you know, Jeff, you talked about trains laying track. I feel more actually, I think the analogy of like that, uh, that analogy of like, we're building the plane as we're flying it uh, on yeah. one day. And then you realize, <laughs> Oh, that you're actually not going to use that plane anymore. So start building a new one like, yeah. as you fly it. So, um, there's a lot to do, but also there's my priority is still the, the people of our church family. And, and if you are a person who is really curious about faith now in light of everything that's going on, or even returning to a faith that you had uh, um, in years past um, to, to contact us, we'd love to, to mm. touch base with you because I think probably the best thing to do, it would be to talk with, with me or with another pastor or with, with Jeff and I or another pastor, because we can help you with the practices because these aren't normal. Um, or even ex- like an experience that you have, and then we can maybe connect you with somebody in our church who could who could walk you through it, or or we can do it as well. So, if you're new and looking for faith, or even interested in it, like my suggestion to you would be contact us, so we can walk you through it more. That's for, really for, helpful, I think, for people <clears throat> to hear, especially for people who aren't connected to our church for whatever reason, yeah. to have that permission to contact us. Because at least from people who contact me, what I infer is not so much that people. Um, maybe non-believers or, or seekers or people who are kind of exploring faith, they're not really coming to me and saying, well, I know you're really busy, but I think it's mm-hmm. more the hesitation that they think what we're paid to do is basically just look after the in-house mm-hmm. church people. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's an imposition to mm-hmm. ask a non-congregant or a non-member to sit down for coffee, right? Or to have a video chat. And that's not the reality at all. Part of our role is to provide spiritual counsel and care uh, to the entire community as people uh, respond. Um, So I think that's a really wise thing to open up and and to, and and hopefully helpful to people to hear. But yeah, I can speak for probably every pastor in Nelson when I say don't hesitate in reaching out, even if you're like, I don't even know if I believe this Bible, Jesus, God, mumbo jumbo, but right. I'm going to you know, throw out a, a lifeline and just say, Hey, can I sit down and over video connect with someone? Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like to, <clears throat> so that, that kind of first thing coming to mind, the next thing is for me is talking with like people who are like, if you are a Christian, um, if you're a member of our churches, um, or if you're not a member of any church right now, but you are following this podcast and you want to know how you can grow closer to Jesus, I think, you know, Jeff and I were talking that um, a couple of days ago about how <clears throat> I think there's a, the way we do things like with Sunday morning, it can, it can unwittingly, uh, we can put a lot of emphasis on that, on that moment. I mean, I know as pastors, like, or as a pastor, I get sucked into that. Like that's, you know, when I, a lot of my work around preparing a sermon is geared towards that. Like Sunday is like this big day when I've got lots of responsibilities, lots of things coming together, um, wanting things to go off well so that, you know, the people who are visiting are like, what in the world is this, that it actually is good. Um, so Sundays can, can kind of tend towards being the big thing. <clears throat> And even as people of faith, excuse me, <clears throat> I think maybe I had a little bit of a uh, cold too mm. the last couple of weeks. Um, so um, that it can sort of tend towards 
and uh, uh, unwittingly this idea that we're Sundays like our big day for faith. You know, we go to church, we hear the sermon. That's our, our major thing of discipleship or where we learn more about faith or we're challenged uh, the time where we worship and where we pray. And I think, I think there's probably a lot of people um, in our church families uh, who who have like a daily practice, you know, and maybe it's like a, our daily bread or um, just a reading a, a chapter of the Bible or going through a particular study. So I think a lot of people do that, but there might be some who, who don't even do that. Like life mm-hmm. is busy and you know that they, um, or even a practice of praying. And so I think this time right now, when I first, when it first came that we were going to um, cancel our Sunday service, my first um, assumption was how do I take what we did on Sunday and make it online available? And I've been mm. thinking about it differently actually is that rather than how do we have, how do we replicate some way what we do on Sunday online for people, which really is, it's impossible. I mean, they can get close in some ways and some churches do it really well. Um, I think actually for what I've been thinking is how do we, how do, how do, how do I as a pastor help our church or how do we as a church, um, begin thinking about shifting from the Sunday morning as the main part of our Christian faith to a daily pietism. And mm-hmm. so that's part of where I'm going to be talking some this morning about how do we grow closer to Jesus in this time when we can't just show up at a church and hear a great sermon, uh, hopefully a great sermon. Uh, how do we, um, how do we grow closer to Jesus when I can't just, um, how do I worship God when I can't just show up on a Sunday and join, you know, a hundred other people who sing and it just feels natural to join in with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my family, we tried worshiping, well, we not tried, we worshiped at home this last Sunday. Uh, and it was really awkward for me, uh, to watch, like we watched an online church that's really good at it. And it was like, I was just thinking like, I feel like I'm watching, kind of this surreal thing where they're, you know, worshiping with each other, like the worship group, that was the only group in the whole auditorium, <clears throat> the only people. And so they're, they're kind of dancing and singing and it just felt weird. Uh, you know, and I, I, sorry, I knocked my mic over. We, uh, we, uh, like my, my wife sang a little bit, but my, my kids and I were just kind of watching because it's just different. So yeah. I would say that, you know, for us to shift our thinking from, um, or to, to, take advantage of this time as a time of, of shifting from a Sunday morning focus to a daily uh, devotion, certain practices we can do. And maybe on a Sunday, like I would encourage you to set that time aside and maybe you follow like the, the, uh, the home study or the home worship guide that Jeff put out last week. We're going to be doing something similar in Balfour um, to follow that, to kind of set Sunday aside, but even like a day of rest, I, you know, Sunday feels even awkward in that way because, you know, for many people right now, every day is sort of seeming like the same. And my, my wife has asked me a couple times, like, what day is it again? Like yeah. what day was yesterday? Cause it just, all of our, the ways we normally track time and the routines that we have are all just kind of gone or on pause for a minute. And so we have to make our own again. So, um, all that to say, like, you know, just some thoughts that I've had, um, in terms of how we can grow closer to Jesus in our faith is the first one, the overarching thing is like a daily pietism, a daily, daily practices that we can have that will keep us rooted uh, and growing closer to Jesus. Yeah, are you um, going to explain what, what you mean by pietism? Cause I'm sensitive to people who might yeah, hear that word. So. And uh, um, even within Christian circles, that might be a sense of, I'm not exactly sure what you mean by that. When you, when you use that word, what are you referring to? Yeah, thanks. That's good. And this is really like, I'm using that word. I might even be using it wrongly, but I mean like this personal um, connection with Jesus um, practices that you can have uh, that help you have a very personal connection with him versus like the opposite of pietism would be to have a very um, um, religion oriented, very um, like you, you go to certain um, feast days or certain masses or something like that, or you religious um, events. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's less, I mean, it's more cognitive, like, yeah, I believe these things, these certain tenets Mm. of faith or these certain propositions about theology. Like I believe these things, but like not necessarily having like a personal relationship with Jesus where I'm talking with him or I'm asking him for like guidance in my life where, you know, like kind of, so I'm, that's the distinction. I'd say a pietist, um, but is a person who is working at and, and cultivating a relationship with Jesus, um, and listening to God's Holy spirit 
and has certain obvious, uh, uh, definitely has certain theological beliefs and, and affirms certain things, but, but it's more than that as well. So you could be a religious person and not a pietist, but I don't know that you can be a pietist and not a religious person. It's like a kind of another layer of, of connection with right. God. Yeah, that's helpful. Okay, so as we want to attempt to cultivate that deeper felt sense of union and connection with uh, God and Jesus, um, yeah, what are some things that you've been um, mulling over in terms of practically, given the particular day, what, how can I be setting up and moving through my day so that maybe not on a particular day, but over time, that sense of connection is yeah. building and increasing? You know, and I'm thinking about this, like as people, like as you guys are listening, um, to kind of give it to you in sort of layers, so to speak, or, you know, because I, I think I have a tendency to just, oh, here's a hundred different things that would all be good. So I don't want to just to feel like a fire hydrant, you know, I just need to drink a water and open up the fire hydrant at you. Right. <clears throat> so I think, you know, I'm just going to kind of think about it in kind of three layers, um, so to speak, like the first being... Uh, one is very common to people that's that's pretty accessible for most, and that's just a morning devotion, and and I would say, you know, like um, to encourage you to either do it at the same time or at the same time of your day. And so what I mean by that is like, so I have a devotion at ten, like as an example, or I have a devotion like like within twenty minutes after I get up. Because if you don't have a set time, or if you don't have it in terms of like in sequence in your day, I think a real tendency for people would be like, oh, I'll get to that later. And then it's, it's the evening and you're like, oh, I guess I'll do it tomorrow. And then you fall out of that habit. So I would encourage either to have a set time or a set time in your day. Um, so yeah, hopefully that makes sense. I'm using the same word there, like either a set time or a set sequence. Um, so, and I know a lot of people do this already. And so <clears throat> this, you might be thinking like, you know, Jason, thanks for the obvious, but uh, just a morning devotion. And I kind of thought about two different approaches. One is just the comfortable one that I think a lot of people um, are used to. And that's like, you know, have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a cup of juice, whatever you do, sit at your table, um, at your kitchen table, or even a quiet place in your house. And um, just use like a devotional um, uh, like resource. So what that might be like a very common one is our daily bread. Um, which I don't know, Jeff, I'm like naming all this stuff. If you're going to add links to this in the, in the podcast, but even if you just Google our daily bread, um, they have daily, um, devotions, you know, it just has a small portion, like, a, like maybe even a Bible verse and you get to read that verse, spend some time reflecting on it um, thinking about it some, maybe even reading it in context, mm -hmm. um, like reading around it, like, a, you know, the whole chapter or something, if it's just one verse, um, and, and then reading the devotion and just, you know, you know, like that would be a great start. And if you want to add a little to that, then just like have like a journal or a piece of paper that you just um, write a little bit, like what do you sense God speaking to you in this or what was most impressive about this or what was surprising or what question did you have? So just kind of spend some time thinking about it. Um, you know, and um, that's the thing or a lot of this is just giving attention to um, to God's word and to the devotional material. Cause I mean, you can even write your own questions like this, just that you go through each day. Like what was, what was the best part about this devotion or what was the, the, the part I don't understand or what do I sense God saying to me? Like those three questions would be, there's tons of room for God to work in those three questions. Um, that's like a real basic, um, uh, start that a lot of people do already to be familiar for everybody. And I think if, I think if the church, if you have this practice and you continued it, I think it would help you sustain, like it would sustain you through this time um, when we are unable to meet on Sundays. If you um, have done this in the past and for some reason, whatever, you've gotten out of this practice to pick it up again. I think that again, would, I think it would be really refreshing. Like we would have people who over time would be saying, man, like, uh, my morning devotions were really great um, through these last th last few weeks. I've, uh, you know, here's all the things that God has been revealing to me, showing me, uh, guiding me, uh, teaching me. So I think that would be just, that would be, would be a great one. Um, you know, uh, to like, that's a, even just take a spin on that would be to add some, some time of prayer around that. Um, so Bible study and prayer, like those are kind of the, 
I would say the two pillars of Christian devotion. I mean, there's lots of things and I will get into those a little bit like fasting and, and prayer retreat and, and solitude and all those things, um, which are really accessible right now. But, but reading God's word and praying are the two big ones that are like, those are the, the most common like in, in scripture in terms of, of growing closer to God. So, um, you know, if you want to take like a devotion time and then add a time of prayer, um, I've been um, uh, working through a, a Bible reading plan on, on you version, which is, um, I didn't mention earlier, but that's another resource that I, that I use in terms of, yeah, uh, of a daily devotion. And so um, right now I'm working through one uh, by entity, right? Um, I can't remember the name of it. It's uh, I'm just find it here real quick. Um, Yeah, new version called, is a free Bible app just for people who aren't familiar with it. You can access it through desktop, but it also is a great app. And it just has thousands and thousands of kind of five to 30-day Bible reading devotional plans on any kind of topics. You can search for a topic yeah. and then just uh, get going. You can invite people who are on the app to join with you, which is what I do to some people in my congregation. So, yeah, it's really awesome. Sorry. Back to the NT right study. Yeah, no, that's, and that's, that's exactly what I went to it. I mean, they have them on leadership, family, marriage, everything. And I just went to the one on, cause they had it right at the top of, of worry and hope. And so I'm, I'm reading the journey from worry to confident hope by NT right. It's a seven day and that's really, it's really accessible. So it's not like, Oh, I have to sign up for the next 90 days or something yeah. like that. It's a seven day reading plan. And, you know, in terms of prayer, like just two rubrics that I often use, or sorry, two guides that I often use. And I was, uh, I had this image a few weeks ago, or uh, last week of, of like a stair, like a stair staircase that guides us. And there's this, um, there's this stairway in um, Hawaii called stairway to heaven. It's this like rickety old iron stairway that goes up this ridge. Um, and it's like, like hundreds of foot cliff on either side. Like you can't like, and there's a handrail that goes along it. And so like in these perilous times, we can, we can use the Sermon on the Mount or, or sorry, not Sermon, you can use the, uh, the Lord's Prayer or even another prayer route because like a, it's like a handrail to guide us along this pretty precarious path that we're on. And so, uh, and N.T. Wright has this seven-day um, uh, reading plan and he just works through the Lord's Prayer. And that's what I did this morning. I prayed through the Lord's Prayer and, um, and just each, like, um, phase of the prayer, each uh, phrase of it, you know, like our father in heaven, um, how would be that name? Just kind of reflecting someone like our father in heaven, you know, that just in that word, our, for example, we join the whole church around the world that prays this in hundreds of different languages. We join together. And especially in a time when we feel pretty isolated, um, that just the word our to begin that prayer, we're joined with the church, just like praying and then begin praying for the church and that. And then father, you know, like just reflecting on that word. Some you can just see how you can, um, you can use the Lord's prayer as a guide. And, you know, the thing I like about the Lord's prayer is that it keeps me from just, um, which it keeps me from just circling around my own concerns right now, yeah. which there are plenty. And I think God wants to hear those from us. And there's a part of the prayer where we pray, you know, like, you know, Lord, give us this day, our daily bread, like, Lord, please like provide for me, help me, yeah. uh, guide me, uh, provide what I need. Um, and, but the first part of the prayer is actually praying along God's design along God's plans and, and about his kingdom coming about his will being done. And so it kind of, broadens our scope or broadens our perspective, lifts our eyes up from our own situation to what God is doing in the world right now. Um, even when maybe there's a lot of people who are thinking like, I don't even see how God is at work in this or even if God is even present. Um, that reminds us of those things. So the Lord's prayer is a great way. Um, and you know, I think it was C.S. Lewis who talked about it, like to festoon uh, the prayer, which is an old uh, English way. It's like take each phrase and then, and then pray around that. So praying God's kingdom to come, like you could pray for days on, on God's, like how God's kingdom might come more in our world right now. Um, so that's, that's one thing that I use. I often use another one. It's an acronym of ACTS, which is um, just adoration, confession, um, thanksgiving, and supplication, the acronym ACTS. But you know, I, I just begin by praying, like first praising God for who he is and what he's done in the past and what he's even doing right now. 
and, and then a time of confession, you know, Lord. And I, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor and, and there's times when like, I feel like, especially like at home right now, I'm thinking to myself like, God, like I haven't even seen anybody, let alone sinned against anybody. And yet then it's pretty soon that I realized like, actually, you know what? Like there's been, like there's been some times when I've been a bit short with my family, like as we're all cooped up in the same place and I'm, there's just like low grade stress in a lot of different areas. Um, so even like the confession part um, is if you're like, if you don't feel like something's like weighing on you, like, man, I really blew it here. You can just take that time to say, Lord, show me if there's something uh, in my life that, yeah. that I'm not seeing, you know? So um, the confession part, then the, the Thanksgiving is, which for me falls pretty naturally after the confession, like is usually like, God, thank you for grace that, that I am not defined by my worst moments that I am not um, held away from you or, or abandoned by you because of these things that I've done or said. Um, so that's, it leads pretty naturally into Thanksgiving. And then I start like giving thanks for God, um, in this time. Like, I mean, like right now I'm looking out my window and it's just this beautiful sunny day in the Kootenays and I am grateful for, uh, the sunshine in the midst of this, this time. And, you know, it's, it's really tempting to just say, you know, God, thanks for our blessings and then move right along. But it's actually, um, since last Thanksgiving, I, I started reading uh, Anne Voskamp's uh, Thousand Gifts and this practice of giving thanks and how surprisingly that changed, uh, it sounds cliche, but it changed my life. And, and when I don't do it, when I'm not consciously giving thanks for even, um, like, for example, like the ability to talk with our church um, online in a podcast, yeah. like it's really easy to take stuff for granted and to become and to have this um, subtle sense of entitlement to stuff. And then when it doesn't go right, I get angry. And so to give thanks, um, is a, is a great practice. And I would say like, especially in a time like this to be giving thanks for things when there's a lot of things that are changed that we can really feel, um, put out by or angered by or frustrated by because there's a lot of things that aren't going right. I mean, just this last week, like, uh, <laughs> the last few days I've been uh, trying to get a package of, a. <clears throat> of a microphone so I can talk with my church without having a bunch of feedback in my videos or, or messages. And, and I've been like tracking this thing down for days and I'm like, I'm grateful uh, that I, that I have it. And I could have easily just like been angry with the people I was talking with online while they're doing the best. I can just hear the weary in their voice, <laughs> the, the exhaustion in them as they're saying, like, I just, I don't know what else to tell you, Jason, that yeah. we can't find your thing. So giving thanks helps with those, those sort of situations. And then last part is just supplication. This is the part that's easy for everybody right now. Lord, please help, help, help me, help my family, help my church, help my community, help my, my province or my state, help my country, help our world. Like that's, I mean, that's, that one's easy. So those are just some ways that we can add prayer to our, our daily devotion. Um, you know, and I think if that's, if that feels like a lot to you, if that feels like, you know, like you can just, uh, I don't know, Jeff, there's a way to say you can cut to the end of the podcast here. Uh, you know, cause that's, if you, if that's all you did, that would be great. I think that would sustain you, um, mm. and help you grow closer to Jesus. Um, I'm, I'm a pastor, so I've got a lot more to say. <laughs> um, I can go on and on about this. Um, the next, thing is, so that's, that's sort of phase one, just like a daily devotion. Um, you know, real simple, read some scripture, do some reflection on it. If you want to add to that some time of prayer along the Lord's prayer or along, um, like a rubric, like acts or, or a, a guide like acts. I mean, there's others as well. Um, but just to help you pray, um, to add on to that, my kind of like my next phase is, or my next level is like a daily office. And, you know, there's lots of, there's like daily office is, comes from the monastic tradition. And there's like, they pray throughout the day. Like um, I can't remember which one um, comp line, right? That's like at three or four in the morning. So if you want to do that, like bless you, if that helps you grow closer to Jesus. Um, but I think like a really, uh, accessible one is just praying in the morning. So like doing your morning devotion, we just talked about having a, a time in the day, like either after lunch, like is in terms of sequence of your day or time, like at, like at um, one or 1230, where you just take um, half an hour or you take five minutes, whatever. And you just pray and acknowledge God is still working in your day that, and ask him, you know, for guidance, even, you know, cause it's really, I mean, 
I'm, I am a very uh, self-reliant person. Like it, it, it's my besetting sin, the one that I'm constantly trying to undo. Mm. And it's really, it's really easy for me. Actually, it's, it's uh, pretty typical for me to pray in the morning and spend time and ask God for guidance and then not really um, ask too much again until like evening at the end when I pray with Tracy and I, my wife, Tracy, before we go to sleep, um, pray again. So like I can go all day kind of on my own strength. Well, midday, um, daily office just gives us a chance to remind ourselves to come back to God and ask God for direction. So like a daily office would be a morning prayer, a midday prayer, and then an evening prayer. Um, and you know, those can be, um, you can be like at night either on your own or, I mean, like I pray, like Tracy and I, we pray with our boys uh, as they go to sleep and then we pray um, before we go to sleep as well. So um, that's just another way to add some, some more times of prayer to kind of keep us close to Jesus. And I'm thinking like, you know, like uh, Jesus uh, in, um, in John's gospel, I think it's uh, chapter 15 is the um, remain in me as I remain in you. I am yeah. the vine, I'm the, vine the yeah. branches. <clears throat> I mean, that whole sermon, that whole teaching from Jesus is set right before he's about ready to be arrested. And so it's, it's the whole, if you just want to read that, I mean, that's a aside, but that's a great um, passage. Um, John 13 to 17, just read that passage. Um, it's a big chunk, but it's addressing like when you see trouble, do these things. And one of them is to remain close to him. And this daily office, I think, is a way uh, three times of prayer, morning, midday, and evening <clears throat> are a, a, a practical way for us to remain in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps you, again, it's that, sort of that handrail, just like having a set time to do devotions, yeah. increases your likelihood that you'll do them instead of just going into your day intending to pray you go into your day saying i'm i'm intending to pray but i've also set aside these times of intentional pause to pray and reflect which is obviously going to increase the likelihood you're actually going to do it and not just rip through your day get to 10 o'clock at night and be like i'm exhausted uh thanks god for the day and uh, uh yeah. bless everybody see you tomorrow right right yep I think if you like, like that would be, that's not a very common thing, like a uh, daily set times of prayer for people. Um, uh, at least like in our church, I mean, I, I won't be surprised if there's some who are like, uh, you know, Jason, I do that all the time. Like I'm not surprised, but I don't think it's a very common thing. I think if you did those things, like just that, you know, level one is morning prayer. Level two would be multiple times throughout the day. Like, like that would, that would be sufficient for a lot of people. Um, I'm going to kind of like go on to like the, the, my, kind of third step or third level. Um, I don't mean this to sound like levels of Christianity, like somehow like you're a master Christian. If you do level three, that's not it at all. But um, just I'm thinking more like in terms of accessibility, you know, that for some people doing a morning devotion will feel like, wow, this is a huge step for me. For yeah. some that's, they're like, I already do that. You know, what else do you have? <clears throat> so for me, that kind of the next level would be taking this time uh, this social distancing time to practice some things that you normally don't have time for. <clears throat> so I think one of the things I was thinking that's really easy to do um, is to go for a prayer walk, like to um, walk wherever you can, you know, like in terms of, I don't know if you need to be in a park or if you feel comfortable walking like um, in, in like, for example, in Nelson where we live here, or even the city where you're at um, to just walk and pray for your community, to pray for people, um, to pray for situations. There's people around us who have been laid off, who've lost their jobs or their small business is, um, is shuttered. I mean, shut down and they like, they're not sure what they're going to do. So to pray for, for those situations. And there's people who are really vulnerable. Like, so just anyway, just praying like for our community as you walk, like that's, that's a really easy one, but powerful thing i think god not only powerful us and what we will be like receiving from god as we're praying for others but also like god listens and i think prayer matters i believe it so Mm -hmm. um to to pray and walk um another one you know like another thing that we have time for and this is getting a like a little bit deeper like this is for people who are like you know i i'm 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 bored or i'm i feel like i want to get like do a lot to get closer to god right now um you know, in terms of like one is, is study, 
Um, like that's a way that people have grown closer to Jesus more cognitively, like learning things about him that, you know, so it's, I want to kind of make a bit of a distinction between that and like reflective. Um, yeah. Cause um, that's not so much the daily <clears throat> devotional piece, right? The daily devotional yeah. piece is aimed a little bit more of the relational kind of like the personal connection with God. How do I experience God in the midst of my daily life? You're talking now about actually, really um, having a, a different layer of intellectual and cognitive engagement with the scriptures to kind of broaden your understanding of who God is and what he calls us to be and do. Right. Right. So, you know, like I think, um, so there are a couple of things in that, like one that's, I think is pretty accessible uh, and we can, Jeff, we can talk about how we can, I mean, many people in our church have access to it, but, but right now media is for those of you who don't know what that is. It's basically like Netflix for Christian Bible studies. Um, there's lots of different studies, different topics. You know, there's strict studies of, of Bible uh, books of the Bible. There's topicals like marriage, family, leadership, lots of different things, but that's a, that's a, an easy start. Like it's usually their short videos, like 15 to 20 minutes, you know, and you can work through like, you could work through one a day. <clears throat> you could do an intensive. You could do one a week, and really get dive deeper into it. So there's lots of room for there. Right? Lots of room there, in terms of study. That's very accessible. Yeah, we um, even talked in our previous conversation. You even talked about how you could get a few people around, whether it was your normal small group or just friends, and say, "I'm going to watch this every day." How about yeah. at the end of it, we all just get on Zoom and have a little hour to hour powwow in terms of like what were the best ideas or the things that really challenged you so you can turn it into a virtual asynchronous bible study where you do come together at some point and that can also help to fuel your engagement yeah yeah and if you know if like zoom and online like uh video conference call if those things seem like just out of out of reach for you mm -hmm. i thought about like one thing you could do i mean a lot of people are good with email like uh, yeah. or even uh, yeah, like, but just to like, you can do it with your group, like where people write their response, you know, like, and I know some, like I, especially a lot of the guys I know from my church, like writing response, they'd rather, I don't know, there's about a hundred other things they'd rather do than sit at a computer and write like an essay or something. But, but for those of you who are, who are geared that way, like that's a great way if you're, if you know, some people think they do their best thinking when they're writing. And I know it helps me to get ideas out and to refine yeah. ideas, um, to, think like what I mean, uh, cause sometimes I'll say something and somebody will take somebody's like, well, what about this? <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah, that's a great point. But that's just another accessible way. Like you could, you know, you, you could make it for your group, like 300 words or less or two paragraphs or less, or, you know, if you want to write a book, you know, and like, if that helps you, we might not all read it, but um, that's another way that you can respond to it. You know? So, so right now media is, is one way. Um, you know, you can just, read a passage on your own and study it. That's, a, that's a harder part. Cause it's, it's easier because there's so much social distance between us and the, in the first century, for example, for the new Testament I and mean, the old Testament's even further than that. Um, not only in terms of time, but social differences, it can, you can, it's going to be easy to misread, um, or there's potential to misread a passage. So if you have access to commentaries or even checking stuff online, you have to be really careful online because you can type in a verse or something like that, you know, commentary or comment on, I don't know, say John 15 and you can get all like the, all sorts of stuff, like some really great, like orthodox teaching to some very crazy, unorthodox, unhelpful, Right. teaching from people who don't know what they're talking about and they're anyway so that's that's a trickier part um you know yeah if you're doing that you, you could hopefully have some wisdom to say hey I, I read this or i'm reading this or i'm using these resources and just sort of maybe passing that along to either a pastor or a more mm -hmm. mature christian in your life and saying is this like a reputable reliable source because okay. yeah the spectrum between um totally crazy and really solid helpful is, is pretty vast. Yeah. Yeah. True. And um, yeah. So, I mean, even like that's the, the beauty of a small group or a guided study is that there's, there's some guides there. So you can't get too far off track. If you're just studying on your own, there's, there's more potential for that. Um, another thing that, that I've used in the past um, uh, I went to Regent college. That's where I uh, was trained. That's where I got my training for, to be a pastor and they have online courses. So you can, I mean, it's, it's deep water. I mean, <laughs> it is like, you, it's not the sort of thing like you just plug into a podcast and listen while you're driving to, to town or something like that. It's like more, it's, it's thick. And so if you want to sit down, if you want that level um, you can, there's different courses there and they have it broken out by theology or new Testament studies or old Testament studies. So you can get, 
particular books. Um, that's that's a, a great way. Another great one is to just like to find reputable pastors and listen to their sermons. Yeah, uh, that's another great way to learn. Um, like to, you know, because you can sit right there with your Bible and you can listen to them. And and I would say, you know, there's a there's an opportunity here to move. <clears throat> From, from I would say kind of the passive listening stance that most people take on a Sunday, or it appears that most people take. You know, like kind of just sitting there and letting it wash over you, and hopefully you um, pick, you know, walk away with a couple points. You know, um, that you can sit down with a, a pencil and paper or a note program on your computer, or whatever, and you can actually take notes and actively listen. And I mean, it's difficult because you can't ask questions to uh, to an online course, but but you can write your own questions and then research them. And, or you can ask Jeff or I, we can at least, if we can't answer it ourselves, we can help you uh, point you in the right direction. So to actively listen as you learn, you know, and that's, that's going to take commitment. That's going to take, you know, I'm going to, I'm thinking like I study um, by Ian Proven on one of my professors at Regent on, um, on the book of Daniel, you know, and I, I have listened to that. I was on a long trip and I'd have to listen to it again and to take notes on it and, you know, so I could actually get everything that he's talking about there. So that's one, you know, uh, either listening to an online course or to sermons. Um, in terms of study, the last one I have just here for is like, is, um, is Lectio Divina. Um, that's like a more of a reflection practice where you read a particular passage of scripture and you read it, um, you know, I, I don't know, online, as I'm thinking about it now, that might be complicated to explain on on a mm. podcast. But yeah, I mean, the simplest way to explain it, I would say it's not perfect, but it's kind of a slow repeated reading, yeah. uh, usually a slightly smaller passage or, or, or a, a passage um, that's a bit more narrative based. It's a story. So maybe a particular story of Jesus encountering someone. Yeah. And instead of reading it to just sort of kind of mine it intellectually or to get insights or to study it, it is a little bit more to just kind of read it. You can kind of imagine it playing out in your mind's eye, put yourself in the story, maybe read it slowly three or four times and just notice the language I would use is just notice what God impresses on your heart from the story. Maybe it's a feeling, maybe it's a word, maybe it's a, mm -hmm. an idea, but it's, it's less, I would say extractionary. Like if you're trying to study a text in order to get something out of it, which is really important. This is a little bit more just allowing the text to kind of press in on you in an unhurried way and kind of leave its mark and without really much expectation of what has to happen. So if you take 10 or 15 minutes and read a particular encounter with Jesus slowly, three, four, five, even six times, and all that you come away with is this overwhelming sense of like to reference what you said before, like just grace yeah. just to say, God, thank you that I encountered your grace in a special way today. So yeah. it, it's, it's a, it's just, just say it's passive is not quite accurate. It's kind of like an active passivity where you're allowing the scripture to impress itself upon you yeah. and not hurrying through it. Right. Yeah. Cause there's, I mean, there's passages like, you know, as a, as a pastor, there's passages I'm reading, like what is, for example, Luke's gospel, what is Luke's point in this passage or what is right. the point of what Jesus has taught here? Like when you're in Lectio Divina, when you're practicing, like when you're doing that, you're not asking what is their point. You're asking God, what are you saying to me in this? Right. What am I sensing? Is yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so that's another one, like in terms of like kind of the, the subcategory of study, um, you know, it's, it's more reflection, but it's focused on, on the word of God. Um, you know, so to kind of keep moving along the, another way is fasting. This is something that Christians um, throughout the, the centuries and around the world do to draw closer to God. It's just, mm -hmm. and I say that because not very popular or very prevalent in North America. Um, you know, it's um, like a, you can, and there's different ways you can, it's really simple. You can make it as simple as you, like it's, you can make it simple or complicated as you want. I mean, you can simply, simply it's just like, you just don't eat. So, and you pray like every time, like I've always practiced it when I'm praying or when I'm fasting spiritually is, as I, pick a time not to eat. So like a simple one is like um, you wake up in the morning and you don't eat that day. And then you eat the next morning breakfast. So right. you know, it's like a 36 hour fast or, or if that's too hard, you know, you can do like a um, eat dinner one night and then 
wait until dinner the next day to eat. That's a 24 hour fast. Like that's a little bit more doable for people or just like skip breakfast. If you've never done it before at all, just skip breakfast. And, and the, what you, the way you'd make this a spiritual practice. um, there's, there's things that happen like metaphysically or not metaphysically um, in terms of biologically in our bodies that when we fast or certain things like some, like um, I know I've experienced more clarity, like, like mental clarity. Um, when I have gone without food over more time, like, you know, for 16 hours or so, like my mind is sharp and, and I, um, so there's, there's that biological part of it, but the spiritual part of it is, um, when we're hungry to use that as a, as a cue to pray, to ask God for, um, or to pray just, you know, God, what are you showing me right now? Or God, uh, can you please continue to help with this? You know, sometimes mm-hmm. people fast for a purpose, you know, God, I'm fasting for this, miracle or for this thing to happen sometimes people fast just for closeness with god and what i want to be closer to you and so i'm fasting to be closer to to move closer to you this way it's like a kind of like a, a different way of praying so mm. you know and you know if you pray, if you fast for 24 hours your experience there's things you'll experience and see it will be different than if you were say to fast for 72 hours which is totally possible right now because a lot of people aren't going to work so um you know, just, it's very scalable. You know, if you've never done it before, if it freaks you out to miss a meal, then you can just miss one. Uh, or if you're like, if you've practiced some fasting and you know, now's a great time to do a 24 hour fast or a 36 hour fast or 48 or 72. So, um, you know, it's, um, I don't mean to, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to make it sound accessible. So I don't want to like minimize or, um, or reduce down what's happening, but, it can be for some people it's really great for some people they find fasting amazing uh, and it draws them closer to God my own personal experience um, is hasn't been like I find other ways help, more helpful to me but that's just I just offer that out there you know we have this time now with schedules paused or or reshuffled to to try that and there there will be some who will find that fasting is a is a major um, uh, blessing to them mm-hmm. The one thing I would just caution on is that, you know, I've been in, uh, I was a couple of years ago, I went to India um, and fasting was, you know, reading was uh, just reading itself was not very prevalent. There were a lot of people who didn't know how to read. And so fasting was a very common um, spiritual practice. And there was a little bit of um, spiritual elitism and a little bit of, um, wow, you're really spiritual. You fasted for three days. And, you know, and there's people there who, I mean, I, we visited one family and there was, uh, and uh, the man's daughter, she, I think it was in her twenties and she was fasting from food and liquids, like as a, um, kind of as like a super, like super spiritual thing to do. And so I just, I just want to caution us in that, that, you know, fasting isn't somehow like, like the elite um, Christians do that. That's, that's not it at all. It's actually, I think Jesus would be pretty, um, he'd have some pretty choice words if we took that tack, uh, yeah. either as a church or even ourselves, like that's pretty prideful. So I encourage you to do it if it's helpful for you, if it's not, but if it becomes one of those things where you like kind of find yourself announcing to people like, Oh yeah, I'm fasting. And you're hoping that they will pat you on the back. Then I would suggest that you stop. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyways, that's just, that's fasting. I guess if you guys, if anybody has more questions, you can contact me. I mean, it's, it's, it can be really simple. Um, but I know sometimes people are like, well, tell me more about it. And, you know, I, I want to know how to do it. So, um, the, uh, the last kind of suggestion I had was, um, and this, like it was a, as a prayer retreat, um, like just doing your own DIY, you know, do your own prayer retreat. Um, you know, we're used to, um, up until this COVID-19 thing, we were used to churches preparing that for us. And, you know, like, oh, I would never go on a prayer retreat unless, you know, the church had one at a retreat center or a camp or something like that. You know, those, those are nice things that churches can do, but you, you don't need it. You can do a, um, and I've done it before where I just, uh, I've hiked up a mountain to an open spot that over has a beautiful overlook and just spend an hour there or two hours or a day you know, again, it's what you're up for, but you know, that time, uh, just alone with God, um, away from cell phones and, um, COVID-19 news reports and stuff like that, uh, to just be present with God, you know, and, and it can be, 
as as exotic as that in terms of you know like going up uh, a mountain or even to just a, a beautiful place or a place that you like to go that's quiet where you can be by yourself to do that or you can even just do it you know like go to like a room in your house. I mean, I have got uh, two two boys and two foreign students living with us, so there's fewer rooms like that in my house, um, and some of you can relate to that, but um, you can do it in your house too. I mean, some of you are alone right now. Like this, this might be a way to redeem that, um, or at least one way to redeem some of that time of you being alone. Um, you know, that, that gets me thinking, you know, I just, I, <clears throat> um, I'm approaching this. I'm a, I'm a pretty introverted person and I spend a lot of time in my head. And so it's, and I have my family around, I've got, you know, there's um, six of us in our house right now. So a lot of my practices I'm realizing as I'm looking at this are individual things. And I'm not, and I realize that there's some of you who are on your own right now, like you're living in an apartment or in your house by yourself. And you're thinking like, Jason, the last thing I want to do right now is spend more time by myself quietly in a, with just me and God, um, I would encourage you to resist that, um, that temptation to avoid it. Like there's still some good in that, but also, you know, I'm thinking that most of my, um, uh, practices are geared towards like the, the solitude, the, the moving away from society, which I think is applicable for a lot of people in this time. Cause it's yeah, harder to get together, so but also too, like, I'm just thinking like, like another thing that you can do, um, right now, like as a spiritual practice to grow closer to God would be to, to ask a friend, like a, and I would, I would encourage it. Like I encourage it like a faithful friend. So you're actually talking about faith and things like that. And, and that it's someone that you could, that you could call and say, you know, on hmm. Monday mornings, um, can we just set up a time at nine o'clock? It's easy for both of us or something in the morning where we <clears throat> get together and we, um, talk about it passage of scripture or just what we've been reading like either we're doing it together or different um and uh that we get together and just talk like pray for each other and talk and you know i and it i i can imagine that'd be pretty refreshing i mean jeff and i and uh jesse the pastor from our sister church out at the junction and rick our youth pastor like we we have already started doing that on tuesdays we get together and um just talk about what's going on pray for each other so um, those might, that might be a way for some of you who are hearing these practices that I've talked about that are very, um, on your own oriented. Um, it, th that might be a great way to, um, as a, as a practice to connect with somebody while you're growing closer to God, to Jesus together. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, those are just, can I highlight something that you, <clears throat> you've woven it into the advice that you've shared but to put language to it, it's really important, I think, for people to hear through these practices that they're all scalable, right? I mean, you, yeah. you and I do kind of cross-fitish type workouts where they have a prescribed weight and a prescribed routine, but then they have a scaled version. And that's yeah. not meant to be a condescending diminishment of those who can only do the scale. It's really to recognize that you can't go from zero to 100. And so when, when people are hearing this, and, and I think you've seeded this throughout these practices, it's not like saying, okay, I really have never really thought about fasting before. I'm going to start with a three-day fast, or I've never done daily devotions before. I'm going to do them every day. I'm going to spend an hour reading and praying. It's about yeah. being realistic and saying, let's scale this down. And, and maybe instead of trying to do all these things at once, maybe it's just, I got to start with a set pattern and process for a daily devotional and that's what i'm going to work on for the next week or two and then just see how that goes because the temptation especially for maybe someone like myself who's more achievement oriented is to say yeah you know what this is all good this is all amazing and if i do it all to the you know 10th degree it's i'm just going to go into spiritual overdrive mode it's going to be amazing the reality is I'm going to crash and burn. I'm going to get frustrated that I'm going to think there's something wrong with me or the process or God or all of the above and just yeah. flake out and tune out and turn on Netflix and just waste my time away. So I think scaling things and being realistic with yourself and saying, I tried this today. You know what? The daily office three times a day, I found it too overwhelming and stuff. I'll just do it like scale back to like twice tomorrow or yeah. the daily devotional. I think what I'm doing isn't really working. Instead of saying, I'm going to give it up. I'm just going to, try a different devotional. I tried the Our Daily Bread. 
eh, it wasn't clicking with me. I'm going to go on the U version and just start a new reading plan. So I think yeah. scaling is really, really important to not get discouraged and to recognize that these are practices that like very similar to exercise, you have to build up a capacity for right. otherwise you're going to try and lift the bar, realize you can't lift it and say, well, I guess exercise is, isn't for me, which would right. be a ludicrous way of approaching fitness. But that's yeah. often what we can do on the spiritual end of things. Yeah, that's a great point, Jeff. You know, I, as you were talking to you, I was thinking, you know, that if you do these practices and they, you find yourself, they, them giving you more of a, fa- a feeling of failure, then I would say um, scale it back. Because the point of these practices is not to accomplish them to make you a better Christian or a better um, person, so to speak, but they are to help you get closer to God. And so if there's something that you're doing that you're like, this actually isn't helping me get closer to God, um, right. then I would say like, just, just stop doing that one and pick a different one. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some, there's some benefit in doing things like, like, you know, like, uh, like the analogy of running, for example, like running is not fun for me. And I, um, for me to go out and run a long distance right now would not be fun, but mm-hmm. I can run a hundred meters. And, and I think this is an interesting thing. Like, I think this is important for people to hear about God. Um, about Jesus is that I I don't think God is so much. I don't think Jesus is so much concerned. I mean, it does matter whether we succeed at things or not. It does matter. But I think in in terms of spiritual practices, Jesus is way more interested in the heart and the the attempt, the, 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 the desire to move closer to him, I think is way more important to him than how well we do these things. So I think, I mean, I think about like the widow's might, for example, and that's another practice is giving is generosity yeah. um, that I didn't mention here, but you know, there was a, there was a religious leader who a Pharisee who was like a pro, um, a pro religious guy. Like that's what he did. That's what he'd studied. He was, you know, super good at it. Everybody looked up to him. He goes and, you know, makes a big announcement about the money he drops in and this, this widow who everybody else in her society thought like, you know, she's basically, she's throwaway. Like she's like, she, no one take care of her. She's poor. She's on the edge. Um, you know, too bad for her. She's basically expendable. She She goes and drops, she goes and drops two, essentially like in our modern day, like two pennies in the, in the offering. And Jesus says like her gift is way more important to me than the religious person who did it all right and dropped in like, you know, a chunk of gold or something. So I just say that, that, if you are hearing this and you are really like, you've built up some like kind of spiritual strength, um, you know, like bless you. If you are hearing this and you're thinking like, man, like pray for five whole minutes. Are you kidding me? Like I encourage you to like start with two, like God loves that. Like this is a, an image of, of God that I, I I'm, it kind of breaks my heart that a lot of people see God as like this angry judge up in the sky who is just looking for reasons to zap people. And I, I don't think that's at all who Jesus is. He was constantly looking for ways to, to convict and challenge the people who thought they had it all figured out, but to encourage and draw closer the people who said, I'm, this is just my best. I'm doing my best right now. Um, Jesus, I want to know you more. Those are the sort of people that Jesus welcomed right in and, and that he met with that he loved and, and blessed. And so, yeah, that's a great point, Jeff, you know, that if you approach these, um, these practices as, you know, success or failure, I think that would be, I think that would be the wrong approach. That would probably be more damaging and maybe even for you more damaging, um, as a person than to approach them. Literally, that's why I've used this word practice, you know, practice, um, um, has the meaning built in that you're not perfect at it, that, right. that you are it's take repetition it. and learning and tweaks and adjustment. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And if there's things that you fail at, like don't, don't beat yourself up. Cause if I think the worst would be is if you try this and you say, this isn't for me, I think that would be the worst case. You know, you, this isn't for me. I guess I'm not a spiritual person and you just right. gave up. I think that would be, that would break my heart. I think I, I, I say it confidently. I think that would, that would break God's heart as well. Like he wants you to be close to him, whether you do that through a morning devotion or prayer walk or calling your friend on the phone. Um, I didn't, I don't think God's too picky about that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's a good word, Jason. Um, I'm thinking maybe we'll, 
cut things off there for now. Um, one of the things that I think you opened up that I'm not sure if we've talked about this, but I'd maybe like to explore a bit in the next interview, if there's other things that you do want to bring to the table, but I think it'd be good for us to talk about that discipline of giving and generosity, especially during a time where it's incredibly tempting to retract into mm -hmm. some kind of hoarding behavior and to kind of say, well, I don't know if I have a lot to give. I, I can't predict what the future yeah. looks like. So therefore I'm going to begin to rein back both in terms of sacrificial, sacrificially giving to my church or to other ministries that I support or giving of mm -hmm. my time. There, there's just this um, self-protective posture yeah. that a oh, crisis yeah. can sort of, that can feel very responsible to lean into when a crisis hits. And so I think that'd be really good for us to maybe um, share some of our thoughts around um, why is generosity and the practice of giving actually more important during mm -hmm. times of crises? Yeah. So maybe we'll leave that for the next podcast. But um, Jason, thanks yeah, you so might, much. For, I say you might want to ask another pastor because I think that's probably one of my biggest weaknesses. So. <laughs> well, that's okay. I, yeah. it, <laughs> I, we can maybe pull someone else in, but I, I'd still, I think, uh, I'm sure. For no, I'd love to have that conversation. This, this dialogue yeah. that, uh, you know, you have a lot of wisdom to share. And, and yeah, just thanks for taking the time out and sharing what you have because I think it's really, really helpful for people to hear. And I think it's going to be received as, as really encouraging. So thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Bless you guys. I, uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Jeff. I, I am grateful for the conversation and also to you, I just want to, um, bless those of you that are listening. Um, you know, if you have questions, please, uh, contact me or, um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm I'll, make sure all of our, I'll make sure all of our contact information is in the, in the little description doobly do thing and people can get in touch with us uh, as they're able to. All right. Okay. Thanks, thanks Jason. Yeah. yeah.